Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Talon Brothers Podcast. This is episode seven, I believe. Uh, got the normal squad with us. We got to my right. My name is Nicholas Talon. I'm a little bit under the weather. Um, someone help me. And to my left. I'm Tyler Bourne. I'm ready to talk about some movies. And I'm Nathan Talon, and I got some allergies going on. So pardon the sniffles. I'm going to try to do them off mic. Is this episode six or seven? Seven. I've never seen my co-host look more miserable in my entire life. But you know what makes me happy is talking about movies. <laughs> All right. <laughs> On to the next started. bullet point. <laughs> the first bullet point, Burt Reynolds dies at 82. Sad loss. Didn't get to film his scenes with Quentin Tarantino, which is a sad boy hours event. Yeah. It was Quentin Tarantino's favorite actor growing up, and he is actually named after one of Burt Reynolds' earlier characters in his career. Little uh, fact for you. Um, I actually haven't seen that many Burt Reynolds movies, but uh, the ones I have, they're great. He's always been great in everything I've seen him in. It's sad that he passed away. Um, Deliverance. Have you guys seen Deliverance? No. Fantastic, no. Fantastic movie. His best movie that I've seen, in my opinion. Very good. What it's about Boogie? Boogie Nights? Haven't seen Boogie Nights. To this day, though, Father Time is still undefeated. <laughs> Well, honestly, it really makes me because it's like Quentin Tarantino's favorite actor, and he didn't get to work with him. You know, he almost did, but <laughs> not quite. <laughs> Made Tyler Born laugh that over there. Be the best comment you've ever dropped on this show so far. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. All right, yep. Pour one out for Burt Reynolds whenever you have a chance. Pour one out. We X lost X another X. good one. You know, they they fall on threes. It's pretty sad. And Mac Miller, rest in peace. Rest in peace, Mac. Don't know if he's ever been in a movie, but rest in peace. Rest in peace, Aretha Franklin as well. Rest in peace. Rest in, rest in peace. Pour one out. Rest one in rest in peace. Rip the Bears. R- rest in oh, peace, Bears. Oh, let's <laughs> not even talk about sports. All right, next up, Jonah Hill met with Ethan Cohen and Martin Scorsese to get directorial advice for mid-90s. Sezzy, by the way, Scorsese. It Scorsese. sounds like it worked because he's getting a lot of praise for mid-90s. I believe it premiered at TIFF, and a lot of people are saying it's really good. It's a great directorial debut. All the kids are great. Jonah Hill's a star director. So I think I saw that he met with Martin Scorsese for like four hours or something, and it was like literally only talking about directing. Mm-hmm. God bless, bless you. you. I'm so sorry, guys. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, it actually makes me excited. I'm glad that he met with these people because it shows that he's taking it seriously. He wants, yeah, like, those course. are some of his idols. He always talked about how he took, like, the minimum payment to work with Scorsese for Wolf of Wall Street. So it's pretty awesome that he was able to meet with him and mm-hmm. kind of discuss directorial stuff now instead of acting. I can only so. imagine how much he learned on set with him every day for Wolf exactly of Wall Street anyway, too. just being in his presence. And, and he's worked with a lot of great directors as well. So absolutely. He can, hopefully that carries over, and it sounds like it does the directorial experience. So I always – Jonah Hill is kind of transitioning now, I feel, into more of like a, a filmmaker. yeah, actor. Not yeah. that he hasn't been serious. He's made a lot of great movies. but You can tell this is what he always wanted to do. Right. And now he's finally transitioning. He's done enough of the – he paid his dues, and now mm-hmm. he can start doing what he actually And to do. still a streetwear legend as far as fashion goes. He was spotted last week wearing a Phoenix Suns jersey with some dress pants and a Gucci belt. Respect. Respect to Jonah Hill. Lots of tats now on him, too. I'm not going to comment on all that, but the fact that he met with all those guys makes me even more excited for mid-'90s, which I was already excited for. So yep. can't wait. Should be fun. Next up, Die Hard 6 is called McLean. Uh, just why don't we just put this movie in a fucking toilet right now? <laughs> why? Doing, like, I'll go the see it opening Board night. Thing. Have you guys seen any or all of the Die Hard movies? I've seen the first one. 
I've uh, seen none of none of them to this point. No. Okay, so I've seen them all. The first one is a classic. Yep. I love it. Almost everybody who ever watches it loves it. It's a perfect action movie, especially for the time. Two, it's whatever. Three is great. Three is directed by McTiernan again, um, who directed the first one and Predator. It's excellent. Samuel Jackson's awesome in it. Is that Live Free? No, it's Die Hard with a Vengeance. Die Hard with is Vengeance. the third one. What's so, the second one called? Uh, Die, Die Hard Two. Die Harder. Uh, Die Hard Four is Live Free or Die Hard, which is okay. It's not great, but it's whatever. Die Hard Two has Sam Jackson, right? No, Three has three Sam Jackson. Sam two Jackson. is just it's the same as the first movie. It takes place in an airport, and the villain sucks. It's just not as good. Okay. Three is amazing because it's Jeremy Irons, it's Samuel Jackson, it's just way, it's as well directed as the first one was. And then Four is fine. Fifth one, one of the worst action movies I've ever seen. Is it that is, when they introduced his son? Yes. What's better, that one or Death Wish? They are equally shit. Really? They are who, plays, dead even. who plays his son? Oh, man. I mean, Jai Courtney? Yes, it's Unlucky. Jai Courtney. Unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So it's horrible. The fact that they're making a sixth one is just a disgrace at this point. Just stop. What's the plot going to be? Is it still Bruce Willis? Like, Who's directing it? I have no idea. If it's same, I hope maybe they will get like an actual... like. I don't know. I'll try and look it, it up. It'd right excite now. me if it was one of the John Wick people or something. Do you, you think know? that we'll ever see the cycle come to an end with movies where studios just exploit the name for as much money as possible? Do you think they'll eventually ever respect that the story is just done? Absolutely not. Yeah, it's, I, mo- it's money. You, I see, love you it. saw it with the Nun, which we'll talk about soon. What it's literally the same thing. Movies are made to make money, and most of the time, that's the only reason they're made. That hurts. Devastating, dude. but true. That's devastating. Well, at least the big studio ones for sure. And, you yeah. know, sometimes it just be like that. Sometimes it The be movies like that. that the majority of people get to see in a theater are made specifically to make money and not the art form of making a movie. Yeah. And then they get mad because The Nun doesn't win Best Picture. Best Popular Picture? The Nun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we ready to move on? Let's yeah. do it. I'm trying to find the directors. Too. Okay. Uh, we got our first look at Captain Marvel. I don't know. Like, I love Brie Larson in every movie I've seen her in. Like, she's great, great actress. But I'm just kind of burnt out on the superhero movies. Only thing keeping me going is Infinity War Part 2. And then after that, I honestly don't know if I'll see. Uh, or I'll, I mean, we'll I'll see probably him. see him. Yeah. I but, hate when people say, I'm not going to go see him anymore. Except no, Roman, my good friend says, and I know he's just lying right through his teeth. He'll go see everyone. We're going to go see every superhero movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the biggest movies of the year. But listen, but listen. I understand. I'm, I'm excited for him. Yeah, I'll go see him, but like, I'm not going to be counting down the days until I can see it like I would a, uh, you know, once upon a time in Hollywood. I am interested. And of course, I'm going to keep seeing him, especially Spider Man. I'll just support that, even though. Into the Spider Man. Even though it's. Hyped looks good, that. Dude, I'm looks hyped. Good. I'm an animation fan. I'm a Spider-Man fan. It's combining both. Um, but uh, I'm a little – I have some interest in Captain Marvel. We got Jude Law is in it, which is exciting. Um, and also it's directed by the people that directed Half Nelson. I believe earlier I said Short Term 12. I was incorrect. It is Half Nelson, which is a great movie. Very char- yeah, or, very uh, character-driven. Yeah, yeah. So we'll uh, see if they can do it. Um, I don't know because a lot, a lot of what Marvel is doing now is they kind of do, they t- mash up genres or whatever and mm-hmm. try to do like their spin on that superhero movie, even if they don't delve into the genre as much as they could. And the ones that they do delve into, that's when yeah. it becomes fun. But I don't, I'm not. This just kind of seems like it's gonna be. We'll see. We a haven't Marvel seen movie, it. You know, just two looks good. Keep in perspective, we've only seen what two or three pictures. I agree. I thought the new picture was good. I thought the suit looked really cool. The crawl. 
it'll, it'll whatever. look better with yeah, punch-ups. We'll see it'll how look it, better with We'll punch-ups. see how it plays in the movie. Is the crawl the bad guys? Not scrolls. necessarily. The scrolls? scrolls? Did I say it wrong? What's crawl? Crawl? They're from something, too, That's right? the aliens that, that they fight in the first one, I think. There's crawls. There's scrolls. The oh, scrolls, scrolls also. The scrolls look terrible. Also, scrolls are like they can look like humans. So yeah. that might be and a that's reveal. Part of the secret the, war. Yeah, it might be a reveal that some of the characters that we know are scrolls. So be prepared oh, for that. So Tony Stark. Honestly, Captain Marvel. I'm excited for it. It's the second female-led superhero yeah. movie that we're getting. It's Marvel's first one. I liked Wonder Woman a lot. You know, I'm, I, there's, I have no reason not to be it's, looking uh, forward to this movie. It's the third. Uh, Catwoman. You're oh, right. fourth. Electra. Oh, Electra. Has anybody seen that? <laughs> no. I've seen Electra. Great. Well, have you seen Catwoman? No. I've seen the basketball scene. That's the only I've scene s- you need to watch. <laughs> it's amazing. But I'm I'm excited. Um Captain Captain Marvel is an interesting character. And um I'm just excited to see how they kind of tackle it. It's very weird. It's kind I'd compare mm-hmm. it like they were gonna have to kind of like teach. Guardians. Not even, because Guardians, they can make it funny. It's going to be like Doctor Strange, where they got to teach these people that don't know comic books right. what but it's But it's the next step. Like, it's another one where you're asking the general audience who knows nothing about comic books to yep. take a big leap. Yep. There's all this otherworldly, other galaxies, yeah, like stuff like that. Yeah, she combines with an alien or something as their origin story. <laughs> all right, so. we'll see. Um, I want to go back to Die Hard 6. I, I found who the director is. Uh, the person who was tagged with directing McLean is Len Wiseman. And was directed a lot of TV shows. The Total Recall remake. Okay. Underworld 1 and 2. Uh Uh-huh. Live Free or Die Hard. Okay, stop. Stop. It's over. The movie sucks. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what we got for that. All right. Next up, we have the popular film category in the Oscars is Postponed. Uh, They said that they're aiming for the next one, right? Next year. But we'll see. I think they realized the immediate backlash uh, was so strong that um, they didn't want to get it out so fast. They're probably going to try and hammer it out, really make sure they haven't nailed down how exactly they're going to do it, which is a good thing if they're 100% going to implement it. But please just just don't implement it. Just get rid of it altogether. We but don't need the, it. But at the same time, too, if there was a year to have a most popular film category, I feel like this would be the year. Why? I didn't know popular movies come every single year, but there was just so many bangers this year. I feel like it was like the it probably would have been a huge hit for them ratings wise. Like we don't like it, but that probably would have been very big for them. So I, I, I'm actually happy. I'm you know I'm happy as hell that they took it away. But how I, I still don't understand how the category would work because like with Best Picture, it's subjective. You have a lot of people voting on what they believe was the best movie that came out that year. But if you have a category called Best Popular Picture. First of all, how do you deem what's popular? Isn't the box office the proof of what the best is because the most people saw it? So they, you know, the most people are interested. In, like, how are they going to do that? It's just so stupid. If you take top five box office of the year and then pick the best one. That, the that's, idea. yeah, top five, top ten. That's the way that I think they should do it, but I just don't see them doing it that way. Because then movie, because then the top five are going to be Star Wars, Avengers, Black Panther. It's all superhero Marvel movies. Disney. It. It's all Disney. Yeah, Disney just wants an Academy Award because they don't know how to win one unless it's Pixar. Uh, Disney Animation, Zootopia won. Good night, everyone. Good oh, night. Anim- <laughs> animation in general. Hey, I guess. good night. Hey, uh, <laughs> I I'm, think it's stupid. I think they'll we'll never. See. I don't think they'll ever do it now. What about maybe we'll get the stunt category now? Yeah, I think. Uh, I think so. 
All right, thanks, care. Nick. Thanks, good input. All right, <laughs> next, Zombieland 2 is going to start shooting in January. Original cast are going to be fighting super zombies is what I read. So. Awesome. I love the first one. It's super fun. Everybody is great in it. It's. I almost wish they weren't making a sequel because it's just a great standalone comedy that you can watch whenever. It's kind of like one of those timeless movies, and uh, I, I'm excited for the second one. But Yeah, we'll see. Whenever. I'm I'm excited that the uh, original, original cast, cast is back. Returning. Thinking about it, zombies are really popular about, what, five, six years ago? And now it's kind of died down a little bit. I'm going to go see it still, but I was just thinking, like, yeah. The Walking Dead was massive. You had all these zombie video games coming out, all that stuff. Well, Zombieland 1 came out before that craze, before Walking Dead. I think it came out in, what, 07? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a while. I think, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, they made it before there was a craze. I don't think the fact that zombies aren't in pop culture as much anymore matters. Oh, no, yeah, I'm going to go see it. It'll be good. But I was just thinking about the whole phenomena of zombies in general. I'm just wondering how it came back to, like, let's do a sequel, and it took so long. Maybe it's because all of the actors went on to blow up. Maybe now they're just, you know, they're in that place where – you know, after they did a silly, funny movie, they all wanted to be serious with Jesse Eisenberg and Emma Stone, especially like their careers are blossoming now. It's like we've done the serious movies. I've won Oscars. Let's be. Let's have fun again. Let's make a fun movie. I played Zuckerberg. Now it's yeah. time to uh, kill a zombie again. Yeah, and he's gonna die in this movie, I guarantee. Which is crazy because Zuckerberg is a zombie. All right, no, he's, a, he's a robot alien. <laughs> I just wanted to throw this in here to put some hype, a little sprinkle of hype on the table. We got Alfonso Cuarón. Wins the Golden Lion at, for Roma at the Vienna Film Festival. Thoughts, Nicholas? Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see that one. Uh, Alfonso Cuarón is amazing, um, and I think that this will definitely get some Oscar buzz um, for Netflix. For yeah, for a Netflix movie, that'll be huge. Uh, possibly, I mean, from what I'm reading and what I'm hearing, could definitely be you know top three best picture <laughs> contender. Um, I think it's really cool that we're hearing so much positive buzz about so many movies we've been looking forward to for the past couple months, um, especially Alfonso Cuarón's Roma. Can't wait to see it. He won Best Director. Is I that what so. it was? Um, yeah, he's a f- fantastic director. Thanks, pal. Welcome. Um, I actually saw Prisoner of Azkaban yesterday in the movie theater. We'll, I'll talk about it later, but he's he's an incredible director, and I cannot wait to see his next movie. So yeah, I'm just it's cool. kind of interesting though. It's it's a Netflix movie, guys. Outlaw Kings, also a Netflix movie, has been reviewed because I believe it premiered at TIFF, and it's middling middling reviews. I that's what that's what. I was, yeah, so. don't you get to see Chris Pine's dong in that one? Is that what people are his saying? Ding dong, Donkey Kong. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's a medieval movie. They, you know, no filter, right? No filter. There we go. And then uh, the final big story that I want to touch on, since it's been a while, but the first man controversy. I know Nick has some heavy thoughts. We all have kind of have some heavy <laughs> thoughts on this one. But I'm going to shoot it over to Nick, who uh, uh, hates everything about life. Go ahead, Nick. There is just so much more to be angry about. And people just, it's like like an angry mob with, on, you know, anyone, any group of people, they just like, get in this huge group. They get their fire pickaxes, or not pickaxes, pitch, pitchforks, and all this stuff, and they're running around and just 
uh, getting angry at a different things and they move on to the next one a couple days later and it just it doesn't make sense i feel like there's bigger battles to fight um I mean, for a movie like this, yeah, it's important that uh, America was definitely the first people to go to the moon and all that. But I think that if the director made a choice not to show the flag being planted, what's the big deal? It's not a it's not a, a documentary about the moon landing. It's yes. a movie following mm-hmm. Neil Armstrong, who apparently uh, always viewed himself as not an American hero, just as a guy who was doing his job. And I think that Damien Chazelle, since as we've seen with his past works, he's obviously a master at what he does at such a young age that he obviously made a creative decision that maybe reflects on Neil Armstrong as a character or complements the story in some way. He obviously uh, knows what he's doing. He knows how to tell a story. And if he decided to do that, so what? It's not the end of the world. And you know what? People are mad at it for about 12 hours, then it went away. But guess what? It'll be relived when the movie comes back. I'm sure it'll be relived when the Oscars come around and it gets nominated and people are just going to use it to push their agendas. And what are you going to do? It's just the state of the world we live in. I'm, uh, I'm kind of over it. I'm excited for the movie. I think it'll be great. I think it'll show America in a good light. Um, I think that there'll be some great performances, and I think it was completely blown out of the water. For those who don't know, the controversy is is once Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin get to the moon, there's no shot of them planting the flag on the moon. There are shots of the flag on the moon, but not a shot of him planting the flag. And uh, this is coming from people that never saw the movie. Someone just said that, oh, there's not a shot of him planting the move. They focus on more stuff, and then that's when it got blown out of proportion. So we don't even know how that whole sequence is edited, where mm-hmm. it might have not even made sense for them to slow down and show them plant the flag. Um, I just The thing that irks me is that people haven't even seen the movie yet. They're complaining about it, even though, sure, yeah, it's a great achievement for Americans, and uh, I'm sure that um, they're not going to shy away from showing that it takes place in America, considering that in the trailer they already show the American flag multiple times, and NASA is an American space exploration thing. So, and then the th- oh, and then people go on IMDb, and they start giving it one-star reviews, and they haven't even seen the movie. So now it's at like a five on IMDb, which, of course, doesn't matter, but... What matters to me is the mindset that people have to go do that for a movie that they haven't seen for something that doesn't even really affect them in any mm-hmm. shape or form. Tyler. Um, the only people that are complaining about this are people that haven't seen the movie yet. Anyone that's seen the movie, like I, this only blew up because someone saw it and just commented on it and didn't wasn't positive or negative. You know, they were just saying, "Oh, there's no shot it's of them," but it's in there that they focus on this instead of this. Yeah, and then people like must have read that, and I can't believe how much it blew up. Even my mom over the weekend asked me, "Oh, d- did you hear about the movie? The they go to the moon. They don't even put the flat. They don't even show them." From the flag, and I was like, "Mom, you know what you're talking about?" Because I don't think you do. <laughs> I was well because well, I who, think Marco who, Rubio yeah, tweeted, tweeted it out. And I guarantee you, he never sits down to even watch a movie. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to say anything political. All I'm going to say is my mom watches Fox News. She heard about it, which would indicate that the story made it on Fox News, which would indicate that I'm not going to say it. But um, people are stupid, especially people who watch Fox News. It's just and like <laughs> it's so it's no well not even that like it's just so crazy like everyone nowadays we have. We're basically they're just finding something to complain about. Well, and like referring back to a great podcast, Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, if you want to have us on Joe Rogan, just let us know. <laughs> but he just interviewed Elon Musk, and they're talking about 
you know, AI and all this stuff. And it was the best 30 minutes of a podcast that I've, I've heard in a while. But they're talking about how basically Wardy essentially cyborgs. We have these devices on us at all times that can answer pretty much any question. If you do the right amount of digging on us, we can ask any question we want and pretty much receive an answer. And it's so weird that in this time frame, when we have this much uh, power at our fingertips, that people just read headlines and make assumptions off a single sentence. And they don't just make assumptions. Then they go on and post about it and start complaining about it as if they know what they're talking about because they read a single sentence that was just a headline. And you know it'll take a little bit of a hit at the box office now. And you know, no, it won't. Because all the people who are complaining about that weren't going to see the movie anyway. I think they were, though. I think there was a handful. I you think really they do. love I, those American movies. Yeah, I do. And, and, and now that you think that many people are going to boycott it because they heard that. And the funniest thing is, the funniest thing is, I guarantee you, if all the people that were, are complaining about it now, if they went and saw the movie without hearing anything prior, ever they would have exited it. the theater like, that's a good movie. And they <laughs> wouldn't have said anything about the flag being planted. Yep. Anyway, I'm it's, over it. It's frustrating for sure, but it's it's nothing. I pre, It's out of the news cycle now because we live in a three-day news cycle, so it doesn't matter anymore. I think even faster than that now. Yeah. All right. Moving on to trailers, we got a couple good ones, a couple quick, probably just quick thoughts on them, but um, interesting nonetheless. Sure. Uh, first up, we got the, I think it's called At Eternity's Gate, right? Correct. The oh. um, Van Gogh Van Gogh movie starring Willem Dafoe. Also, Oscar Isaac is in it, which I didn't even Mads know. Mads Mikkelsen. Mads, Mads Mikkelsen's Mikkelsen. in it, who's also fantastic. Um, I'm excited. Looks good. I Go ahead, Nick. Looks amazing. I was, I've been waiting on that movie for a while. Ever since I saw the first screenshot or uh, snapshot of Willem Dafoe with the, you know, the bandaid over his ear or like the the wrapping over his ear, and I was like, whoa! That like I knew. See, like I'm going into you know video production, all this stuff. I just love the idea of beautiful imagery, mm-hmm. and like knowing that they're making a movie on Van Gogh, I was like, every every frame has got to be beautiful in that movie, like or else they did it wrong. To be honest. And when the trailer came out, unless they used all the money shots in the trailer, it looks amazing. Just based off the trailer, I mean, it's fun to make guesses and predictions. I think that Willem Dafoe will obviously be in the running for Best Actor, and I think that it will definitely be up there with Best Cinematography if that same uh, feeling and uh, imagery sustains throughout the whole movie. Um I agree. The trailer looks amazing. All the performances look great. The cinematography looks outstanding. Um, Willem Dafoe did win Best Actor at the Venice Film Festival for this, so I 100% agree he'll be in the running for Best Actor. I've heard it's so weird. There's so many good movies coming out Uh where every single trailer you see, it's like... Their performance is mesmerizing. Yeah. It makes like, me oh. excited, yeah. And yeah, I, it, it makes me excited to be a film fan and see all of it, but I think Willem Dafoe, from, just from the trailer, he, win, he wins Best Actor from a trailer this year, for sure, for this, for <laughs> he, this movie. I'm, I'm excited if he starts getting, like, gets some recognition. I know last year I think he was nominated for the Florida Project, but I'd love, I'd love to see him get a victory. Uh, him and the Florida Project just kind of showed how much uh i don't know if range is the right word but like just shows how he can just go around to these different projects and breathe life into a movie how and many willem defoe movies have you seen probably like 50 <laughs> green goblin best performance i agree um we'll meet again spider-man yeah i think it looks interesting i'm always down for a good like pseudo biopic biopic type movie um look like you said looks gorgeous can't wait to see it i'm interested I agree. Um, speaking of good performances that are getting praise, 
uh, wildlife trailer. Another, because I, I saw, I think I saw a trailer that was very similar to that one that came out months ago. But now, if, since it's doing the festival run, it had to similar to wildlife. It, well, it is it the was, wildlife oh, okay. trailer. But this one's kind of new, new some new stuff in it. Very interesting, straight drama. Yep. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal. It's an actor's see, piece. Yeah, for down sure. to see whatever he's gonna be doing. Uh, Carrie Mulligan looks fantastic in it as well. This movie, Wildlife, rushes up to my top five most anticipated. I have to say, it looks absolutely amazing. And when you have a trailer where Jake Gyllenhaal's screaming and there's just music playing, you can't even hear it. You know he's going to be given the uh, amazing performance. Super excited. Great year for movies so far. And I'm just keep getting more excited and more excited for the movies that are can, coming out. Can you break down your top five most anticipated list in 10 seconds, please? In 10 seconds? It yeah. changes every week we do the podcast. Hey, that's what life's what all about. You have to change and adapt. I, do I got right now. Rifle them off. Uh, at Eternity's Gate, First Man. Uh, wildlife. Uh, uh, God damn. <laughs> Come on. Give me some. Shoot some. Roma. Oh, God. <laughs> shoot some more. Shoot some more. Widows. Ro- it's fine. Roma. <laughs> it's fine. I was, just, I was just giving you a hard time for No, fun. but, um, you know, it's up there. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see it, too. Cinematography looks great. Paul Dano is directing it. I've always been a fan of his work in every movie he's been in, so it's cool to see something where he's behind the camera now. Should be cool. Did you like him in Okja? I didn't see Okja. Okay, never mind. Um, Okja? Okja? um, I love Jake Gyllenhaal. I love Kiri Mulligan. Um, Her performance in Shame is one of the best I've ever seen, along with Michael Fassbender. Foss. Fassbender. Fast. Uh, I honestly have no idea. Fast Binder. She was Um, in Great Gatsby, right? Yes. Great performance. I hate that bitch, Daisy. Is it Daisy? (laughs) What is it? Okay, just yeah, it is, I think. Um, I'm excited for it. The trailer was good. It was compelling. I, the story looks interesting. Even though it's a straight drama, it looks like it'll be very entertaining. Great performances. Can't wait. Uh, stay tuned for the Jake Gyllenhaal fan cast. Coming up soon. <laughs> All right. Um, up next, Halloween. New trailer. Bloomhouse produced. Getting good reviews. I'm in. I'm interested. I, that, <coughs> what excites me most about that is classic horror franchises being revived at Bloomhouse or A24. Mm-hmm. I think that could be very interesting. Nick, go ahead. I think the original Halloween is horror movie, like horror, the genre in its purest form. <laughs> I absolutely love the first one. Why do you say that? It's just, it's, it's amazing. I feel uh, like sometimes you have these great quotes in your head and you just say them. And, and they then, come, they come and a little short. And you don't know what you mean. <laughs> That's what, yeah, they call me Michael Scott. Anyway, uh, I saw H2O as well. That was... It's H20. I don't you know care. That? It's H2O because that sounds Yeah, cooler. talk about an advertising <laughs> flub then because it's like the <laughs> iPhone X. You think the people are going to call it the iPhone or the iPhone... What did they want it to be called? 10. No, no. They wanted it to be called the iPhone X, but people are calling it iPhone 10. I thought it was the not. other way around. Whatever it is, complete it, marketing it, flub. It, perfect example right there. Where <laughs> exactly? So I'm excited for it. Um, he's my probably my Michael Myers is probably my favorite uh, horror character. Horror mascot. Probably. Yeah. Um, I, I think, think it's, Michael Myers straight up sucks. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It looks fun. I think it's cool because when you when you think about the Halloween franchise, to me, there's there's one great movie in the entire franchise, and all the rest are cash grabs, which we're going to talk about shortly with the Nun, but. Um, it, this one doesn't look like they're making it strictly for cash grab. It looks like they had care and they wanted to make the best Halloween sequel that they possibly could. And I think that's really cool. And, and it's getting great reviews. A great double feature is Halloween and then followed up by its sequel, Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> great <laughs> marketing flow. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm excited for it. 
Uh, trailer was good. Yeah, I'm excited. It's gonna be that's gonna be a fun movie to see around mm-hmm. Halloween time for sure. I don't and not just based on the name. Spooky. <laughs> I don't want to see any more trailers because I don't want to see any more footage. I feel yeah. like I've seen a lot of the kills and stuff. I just yeah. want to. I want to go like, as blind as possible. I feel like the I new. Tra- I feel like the new trailer was really good, but if I were to see that sequence where he he's walking like through the garage opening or whatever, and then he grabs the, like all that like kind of silent sequence i feel like that would have been way better if Do i didn't think we that. see kills yeah 100 percent. i've oh heard it's gosh, i've yeah. heard it's pretty graphic and stuff i the one thing that worried me was that the uh director uh, didn't do any other movies that i thought were very good but hey this may be, this be his first movie. he may have i'm I not think sure danny mcbride wrote this script that's cool and then that is uh, cool carpenter produced it executive and then Trent Reznor. Does that, what does that mean Trent Reznor, right he signed off and said canon Trent Reznor? <laughs> no no, no, it's okay. not Trent Reznor. Never mind. Um, he, but he did he did do a version of the theme last year just for fun. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Uh, just one second, we're getting interrupted by a clown. Come on in, buddy. Come on, clown. Goodbye, son. Can you close that? Please? I'm Alex Jackson. I'm on the podcast. I'll go ahead and give us hey, a one star you, review. Can you delete that, please. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that out. Uh, Halloween. Um, I don't know if there's any more horror movies coming out this year. That Suspiria. 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 Next reviews, the mother of this year, people are saying. Uh, the Nightingale, which is Jennifer Kent's new movie. Is that coming out this Babadook. year? Yep, that's okay, this that, year. I'm excited for that. So there there are some. There are some. I um, know Tyler Bourne is part. He's. I think he's the host of the Babadook fan cast. <laughs> So I think I, it's an okay I, movie. I love the Babadook. I think it was very well done. You know, they weren't working with a lot of money. We and great acting, it, great Nick. performances. Let's move on to the next bullet point. Instant Family, starring Mark Wahlberg and Rose Byrne. Um, and I guess Tom Segura's in there. And uh, what's her name? Doesn't matter. Tig, Tig Naturo. I forgot Whatever. how to pronounce her name. There's one good line in the trailer that made me laugh, and it was Tom Segura. So is yeah. anyone surprised? <laughs> Tom Segura's great. Um Listen, there's nothing wrong with a good family film, and hopefully this one's good. The trailer looks, it looks very middling. Could be funny, could be horrible, but you know, maybe it, maybe it'll be a decent movie to take the whole family to. Daddy's home fucking sucked. It's <laughs> a bunch of other ones that have blockers. Gone around there. A bunch of other ones. Blockers was good, but that I was know. that was more like a hardcore rated. But for comedy. for some reason, when I watched this, I had the same vibe where it's like the trailer looks very middle ground. Yeah, but I have a. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if it came good. out and people were like, oh, yeah. that's heartwarming. Yeah, maybe maybe it'll get better reviews than I believe the trailer lets on. Um, it it looks whatever. We'll see. Um, I have no sort of anticipation for it whatsoever. But. Yeah, I just put it on the list because it's a little bit different from uh, what we usually talk about. We don't really touch on the family films that much, but I think it looks interesting. I'm, I'm down to see it. It's not one of those movies where I, if you were like, you want to see Happy Time Murders? I wouldn't be like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'll say, I'd say sure. Yeah, let's yeah. find time to see it. Um, but that's all I got for trailers, unless you guys remember something that uh, we didn't talk about. I, uh, uh, not a trailer, but I did want to bring up that The Nun made $53 million at the North American box office this past weekend, which was the second largest September opening ever. And that's disgusting to me. It, it hurts me on the inside. It, I think it's a disgrace. And, uh, you know, we can do better <laughs> as humans. Perfect. I, I think agree. that's if I make a movie, that's going to be the phrase. That's going to be the marketing campaign. Um, yeah. So, well, that, that, why don't we just segue right into what we watch then? Uh, yeah, I'm down. I Well, I wanted to save it for. Um, when we I talked wanted, about it. Yeah. 
but that's okay. You can talk about it whenever well, it was, you want, it was dude. A news, it was a news topic, dude. Okay, uh, let's talk about movies that we watched this week. It's been we it's it's a little late on the podcast, so we we should have developed some sort of list. I don't know bunch. about Nick, but I watched a cup. I watched I, a handful. Who wants to delve in first? I'll go first since I got the shortest one, and it'll also touch on some of Tyler Bourne's. Okay. Um. So I watched The Spectacular Now by myself uh, last week. Um. I really enjoyed it. I think it was just a good. It was a. It was a good movie. You know. Uh, two great performances by Shailene Woodley and Miles Teller. I think it's an easily rela- relatable film. Um, basically, the idea of being scared of the future and you know holding on to the past. Just basic life values that anyone can relate to. And I think when you base a movie around something like that, it's easy to make a good one as long as you have good characters, a good story. And there as you go. As long as you make a good movie. As long as you make good. a good movie. As long as you make a good movie, I think it should be good. Depends. <laughs> depends though. So would you recommend people to watch it? Absolutely. It's on Netflix. I would um, recommend it as well. Yeah, it looks good. Okay. It's good? Good. All right. Next one. I give it a five out of five. Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive. <laughs> Mulholland. Mulholland, boys. Directed by David Lynch. Uh, incredible movie, I'd have to say. I love a good movie that just blows your mind after. It's one of those movies where you're, you're like, there's something here. And then you just kind of think about it, maybe watch a couple of YouTube videos and just, you know, it just is a good movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, that was my second time watching it. Nick and I watched it together. I'd seen it a couple years ago and I, I didn't know what to think the first time I saw it. Cause it's, it's a very confusing movie, if, especially if you just watch one viewing and then don't do any reading or watching videos afterwards and just kind of try and come up with your own interpretation. And my interpretation was wildly off of what is actually going on. Um, but after seeing it the second time, I got to say, I, I liked it a lot more. Uh, I had a lot better understanding of what was going on um, and understanding David Lynch's style and his um, ability to make everything feel different than any other movie you've ever seen before. I mean, it, it's very, very distinct, and I think that's admirable, and I, I liked it a lot more this time. The performances are great. Good work in that movie. It's a really good movie. <laughs> it was just a good job all around, I'd have good to job. say. It was, uh, I would recommend <clears throat> to any film fan or someone who loves watching movies, I would recommend watching Mulholland or Drive. If you just want to expand your horizons a little bit, you know, you're used to watching the daddy's homes and stuff like that, just try and watch one of these movies. You if may hate it, but what are you going to do? If somebody told me they liked Daddy's Home, I would never in a million years recommend them to watch this. I would recommend them watch <laughs> Daddy's Home 2. And the nun. <laughs> There's no hope for the world. <laughs> Is that all you watch? Uh, no, and then I watched Searching with Tyler Bourne in the theaters. Yeah, I watched um, Searching as well. Exactly. So I Did figured we could all just collaborate, have a good conversation about this one. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I think that as far as the story itself, it was pretty solid. Obviously, they limited themselves a lot um, since it only takes place on you know screens and camera screens and all that type of stuff. Um but I, the twists, there's like a handful, and they all got me. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool, actually. And I actually I, I enjoyed it. Great performance by, uh, what's his name? Someone help me. All right, no one knows John, it. John Cho? Yep. Yep. Incredible, actually, I'd say. It was, was really good. Say Harold. It was really good. Um, <laughs> Unlucky. And, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I will say that I enjoyed it as well. Um, I think that they did a great job at showing that the unfriended movies are terrible because they actually made a story Mm -hmm. out of this one and I was interested in it and intrigued. Um, 
they did a lot of interesting stuff and i feel like they explained it enough that like um him being on camera because the only time he's really on camera is when facetime is open Mm -hmm. and if i going into it i was like if he just has facetime open all the time it's gonna be stupid because i'm not gonna believe that but they did a good job of like either he's planning on it or it's just (coughs) after or he like wakes up and it's up from the previous night and stuff like that i think they did a really good job of explaining that for me where it lacks is when they start doing these twists towards the end of the movie. Some of them just I didn't buy, and mm-hmm. I was like, I don't like that. That's pretty silly. Um, but I feel like they um, they also have like a, a up sequence in the yep. beginning, and then I like the very end a lot too, very touching from a movie that um, takes place all on a computer screen, and the only time, the only interaction you get is through the webcam that yeah. they have on their computer. Like I said, I think the performances from everyone were pretty good. I mean, there's only like three characters, four characters that talk mm-hmm. a lot in the movie. Um, especially uh, John Cho, I think his name. He, like, he was a great was performance. Great. Yep. Yeah, and it really was good. Like cool for him for like, yeah, I'll be the main character of this computer only movie. Like I think that's awesome. He sold it really well. Yeah, he and really it did. shows that. It shows that um, there's interesting way more still some interesting ways to tell stories out there that haven't been done justice yet and i feel like this is i don't know if you could do better than this when it comes to a computer screen one um because it just it's very limited but i'm open to see what creative people could come up with instead of cash grabs like unfriended um i i I like the movie i feel like this is the best version of this kind of movie an unfriended type movie that this could be um, I just feel like it's really holding itself back with this form of storytelling. Nick and I were talking after the movie. Had they made this same movie, but instead of it being on a computer screen, it was just a normal shot movie, and you, so you could you just see more, you can breathe in the scenes and the environments, and it would have been better in my. I feel like the movie just would have been better if it was made normally. I feel like it, it also, when you tell a story in this format, it lacks subtlety. And that really bothered me that you always know everything all the time because it's directly told to you. They literally just types it out on the screen. And that, as a viewer, that's boring to me. So because like I wanna, I wanna be thinking and, and wondering about things and not <clears throat> knowing everything all the time. Like, well, they they give you some time when they have sentences and stuff, or like that you see text messages and you don't necessarily know exactly what they meant because that's what happens with text messages. Is mm-hmm. sometimes you don't know. I, yeah. Which I like how they play with that a lot, where it's like. You don't. You're, there's no way you know exactly what they're saying because you're seeing them from mm-hmm. not their face, or you're just seeing text from them. Which I feel like I can see why they did it only on a computer screen because the technology kind of plays into the whole movie itself. Mm-hmm. But I'd be interested to see if maybe it would be a better movie without it. But I don't I, know. I liked I liked the performances in in. Hold on, Nick. Um, I just. Uh, I liked it. I would recommend people watching it, but it's not one of my favorite movies yeah. of the year. It's just a, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. I feel like if I was trying to make a movie, the the most number one priority would be to make like a movie as timeless as possible. And me and Tyler talked a little bit about this after watching it. And yeah, it's it's a good movie right now, and I respect that. I respect that they try to tell the story in a different way, which they did. And I think they successfully did. Like it's a nice middle ground movie, but I feel like when you revolve around modern technology, like right now, as far as technology is advancing, 
you're setting yourself up for failure as far as just making a timeless movie, which may not have been in their in their review. But it but, could be seen as a time capsule. Maybe they, yeah, like, yeah. like you said, that doesn't I need a, Not every movie needs to be a timeless movie. Like this, people can look back and say, oh, that's how technology was. But I disagree because I think that in 20 years, uh, all this stuff, especially like a telephone, me and Tyler were talking about this, a telephone has always been a, a strong form of communication. But I feel like, you know, FaceTime and all this stuff and just the formats of the computers and stuff are going to be changing so fast that it just hinders it a little bit in the long run. Like when I look at a movie like Alien, for example, I feel like it could have been shot yesterday. It looks amazing. And I feel like they just, I don't know if it was what in their mind. that year comes to pass that the movie takes place and technology isn't anywhere close to what Alien is representing because then the movie wouldn't be timeless anymore. But it didn't revolve around it. They're on a spaceship. Of course, it revolves around it. Well, I don't even think we're gonna have those around. Two thousand one is was two thousand one anything like two thousand one a space odyssey? But it sure did look good. So I think you're no. I see. No, I don't think so. I don't think. I don't think it's even close to invalid. I think I don't agree with. I think Nick's an idiot. I think because what Nick's saying is that computer screens and FaceTime is going to look different in the future. So we still may have FaceTime like a FaceTime sort of thing, but it's going to look completely different from this, which is like. Why would that matter, though? I don't know. And, like, software is going to look different. I understand that as well. It's just I, I understand don't... your point, but I disagree. Yeah, I think there's plenty of movies that you go back and watch, and it only like, like think about movies in the past <laughs> when they don't have text messages and they don't have constant communication. Is that not timeless? Because you can think, why don't they just yeah. call each other? In my opinion, it's fucking tacky. I disagree with you guys wholeheartedly. When there's text bubbles on screen and stuff like that, absolutely hate it. I understand that sometimes you need those little uh, connectors. You said this movie is good, though. I absolutely agree. And I'm going to say there's not even text text bubbles on screen. It's the window. I'm talking about any movie within the past couple of years. That's what I understand. But there's no text bubbles in this movie. It shows the text message screen instead of existing in the world. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm saying in general with movies, I disagree with both of you. Give this uh, podcast a (laughs) one-star review for this argument. Um, The last thing I want to say about searching, there were a lot of twists. I saw a lot of them coming. Not all of them, because there's a lot. Yeah. But I saw a couple of them yeah. coming, and then it's yep. just like really, mm-hmm. and then but so whatever. It's a good movie. I'd recommend watching it. Yep, it's an interesting watch. Um, I just flipped both a, of them it's, off. It's a great timeless movie, I'd say. <laughs> all right, go Nick, ahead. Did you watch I movies? don't want to be your brother. <laughs> uh, no, I did not. Um, Nate, do you want to go? No, you go. All right. Uh, so I saw Mission Impossible Fallout for the third time in theaters this past <laughs> week. Um, I think it's a fantastic movie. I can't say anything else about it that I haven't already said before. I like it. Every time I watch it, I pick up on more stuff. I like it even more. It's a fantastic movie. I would recommend it to every single person who walks the planet Earth. Um, I watched Mulholland Drive with Nick. Nate and I watched Sam Raimi's Evil Dead. Uh huh. Um, I love that movie. I love seeing with such a low budget and just how young Sam Raimi was. He has so much style, and yep. you can tell um, – you can just see the flair that he has, and I love it. I think it's a lot of fun. It's a classic horror movie. I agree. I like. I like. I'll just touch on it too as we're going by. I like it a lot. I appreciate like how much he's got done with such a little budget, mm-hmm. and um, it's a great kind of like first movie for like yeah. it's fantastic. Uh, Bruce Campbell's great. Other actors are all right. Yeah, but, it's a little long. But there's there's some bad stuff the for sure. It, yeah, that's, it's part of the reason that it's so much fun. And I uh, – go ahead, Nick. Where are you I was just going to say a quick little fun fact too. Like probably around five or six years ago. No, maybe a little bit less. Before me and Tyler Bourne were actually friends, we were both at a mutual get-together. 
and we all our group of friends that we were with watched the remake of evil dead and at the time i think i was about maybe 13 14 i did not enjoy it but i'd like to rewatch <laughs> you know both of them and see what's going on the remake is like straight horror right <clears throat> uh not necessarily it's just instead of it's just not as much comedy. It's more graphic and gore. I mean, the original was pretty gory Is and Bruce stuff. Bruce Campbell in it? No, he's not. Um, it's not as good. It's it's not the same as the original at all. Um, I, I the other thing I like about the original is there are some moments that genuinely still creep me out and are scary, even though it's just weird. Man. Even with the creep, the bad effects and the makeup and everything, that it's still adds to it. yeah, it's still creepy. I mean, when she's sitting there and she goes, "We're gonna get you," uh-huh. it's fucking scary. Um, searching Hereditary, I watched for the third time. That's a perfect movie. Yeah, I watched Hereditary as well. Um, Did you bump it up five, to five? Five banger, number one movie of the year, baby. That's Woo! right. I love that it. movie. So good. I think. Yeah, top three for me. <laughs> I think it's an outstanding horror movie. If you haven't seen it yet, it's character driven, not horror driven, and the performances are all outstanding. Still, one, still the best performance of the year so far. We'll see once we start getting into Who, these Tony Oscar Collette? Yeah. I agree. I 100% think she should be nominated. I think Alex Wolf deserves to be nominated for a couple of the scenes he has in the movie. He, he won't, won't be, but I think he deserves it. I thought it was incredible. Naked Brothers Band should have been nominated Shouts for that. Shouts out one time. Death Note, Naked Brothers Band, his brother. Le- less interesting. Paper band. Towns. Wait, what one is that? Paper Jumanji. Towns? Jumanji. Okay. The last. It's Jumanji and Hereditary is the same person. Paper Towns and Death Note is the same person. Okay. Naked Brother um, Band. Uh, the last movie I saw... No, that's not true. Ever. I also saw the last movie you saw. Ever. I also yesterday I saw Prisoner of Azkaban in theaters oh, yeah, with yeah. my girlfriend. I've seen all the Harry Potter movies countless times. So I'm a big fan, so I'm 100 percent biased. But uh, Prisoner of Azkaban is easily more well directed than the first two. It's the first one that has that tonal shift towards more adult. It's darker. It's more serious. Which and I feel is why I like it. Yeah, the most. I yeah. I love it. It's not my favorite, uh, but it's easily one of my. What favorites. is your favorite? The last one. I'm I love. A, I'm a huge big battle. I love the big climactic mm-hmm. everything, and, and the and the the final movie does it about as well as it possibly yeah. could have for so. I love Goblet of Fire, so in my opinion. Do you? Yeah, um, I love it. I love the Triwizard Tournament. The, the performances in Prisoner of Azkaban are excellent. The scene of Gary Oldman, Alan Rickman, and David Thewlis arguing in the Shrieking Shack is just top tier yeah. acting yeah. and performances. It's great. I, I've done so, my waiting. So Nate was. L- what? Nate was ten years of it. <laughs> Nate was laughing. <laughs> Nate was laughing at me saying I like the Goblet of Fire, but I think that has one of the best it endings. Has one of the best endings, and I that like is one of my favorite. Th- what 30, 40 minutes of watching a movie when like, they're in the maze? Yeah, it's incredible. No, it's incredible. Goblet of Fire is an awesome movie. It was the first Harry Potter that I saw in theaters as a kid. I that must have been amazing. I that was I can touch you now, Harry Potter. It's I, great. I, that was the first Harry Potter movie I saw. Really? I, love- I Well, I watched the beginning because my friend turned mm-hmm. it on it when I was spending the night at his house. Watched the beginning, fell asleep, woke up at the end. <laughs> so I knew that the end was coming. So maybe that plays into it. I love- but I still think it's great. It, it is. But I, I love the, the games of four. Why are we talking about four? Third one is what I saw. It was great. All the Harry Potter movies are great. We'll talk about them. Goblet of Fire. Think, I think that the tournament is it's fun, but at the same time, yeah. I think the ending's great, though. <laughs> the ending is incredible. Um, and the Triwizard <clears throat> Tournament's fun. So, you know, you put two and two together, and you have the best movie in history of America. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the last movie that we're going to talk about, Nate and I saw in IMAX opening night. Um, IMAX was completely pointless. When, when, <laughs> when there's no IMAX, yeah, no, I, we had a guy come down. We're in this department in Rock. Oh, I don't want to say what college we're in, just in case we have anyone that's out there listening. That's creepy, okay. but uh, that's fine. Just a guy, ca- a guy came down here, and he was uh, he was like, "Should I see the Nun in IMAX tonight?" 
I said, no, that's a waste of the format. I was like, I can't believe they're even showing that in IMAX. And then he went and saw it in IMAX anyway. We saw it for free. Yeah, well, since we since free. we have AMC A-list, AMC sponsor us, we can see whatever uh, IMAX movie we want for free. So uh, I didn't even know it was playing on it. I literally only found out that night, and I was like, f- f- you know, screw it. We'll go see it. Yeah. Um, when we bought our, when I bought my ticket, which was, you know, an hour, two hours before the movie, not a whole lot, you know, a decent amount, but nothing crazy. When we got there, the theater was packed, almost full. That's packed, IMAX dude. theater, almost full. That's ridiculous. I've never seen that. Um, yeah, you have. But I've never seen a full IMAX theater in, in Rockford, Illinois. Okay, I'm not going to argue with you. Um, Why would you argue? I'm telling you the truth. Because you've <laughs> seen the big superhero movies at the IMAX, haven't you? No. Wonder Woman? I don't think I saw that in IMAX. Right, yeah, we did. I'm anyway, not, move on. I can't move argue on. We saw Wonder Woman in IMAX. We were in the third row. I remember vividly, and it was terrible seats, but I still enjoyed the motion picture. So the nun. You were next to me. Fuck. Surrounded <laughs> by ho- It was the worst audience I've ever had in a movie. Tons of people checking their phones. Someone's phone was ringing, and they had to turn it off. There was a couple sitting next to me that was talking throughout the whole movie. Uh, there was this older woman who was... She was screaming. She said, "No way, Jose!" and was just yelling stuff and commentating on every scary scene. It was it was so obnoxious. But the worst part wasn't the audience. Nick, let me talk about the movie for a damn second. I I've done my waiting <laughs> for we, ten years. We can do better. <laughs> so the whole the whole experience was awful. But the worst part was the movie itself. It is so bad. It is only jump scares in the worst possible way. The nun, yeah, every time you see the nun, she just yells, and it looks, it's horrible CG. The finale, I'm going to spoil the shit out of the movie because it sucks. You shouldn't see it. The movie ends because she drinks the Spoiler. blood of Christ. I swear to you, this does, is in the movie. So does the she movie drink it? She puts it in her mouth, and then she spits it on the nun. It's Wait. Just so, it's so bad. It's so, so does it have good Christian values, then? It's yeah. the worst. Catholic. Catholic. It's the worst form of horror that you can be. It was strictly made to make money. There's no effort put into it. You can tell it's just it's made by a big studio because they try and throw in these scenes of humor that don't work at all. Nothing was funny. The acting sucked. The script sucked. The dialogue was horrible. The the horror was non-existent. I don't think I was scared for a second because it's all predictable bullshit. It sucked. Don't see the movie. It should have made one dollar this weekend. And the studio's laughing at your broke ass running to the bank, baby. I'm just gonna come out and say. I don't know what the creator of The Nun did to offend, <laughs> offend Tyler so much. Because when I walked out, all I thought was that was generic. I didn't put any more thought to it. I said, acting, whatever. They almost got rid of the most compelling character right away, and I was about to like say this movie's trash, but they kept him, so I was interested. The humor, of course, there's just one comic relief character that's freaking wild, and then they tried to tie it into the universe that's already set up which this is the first conjuring movie i've ever seen so that was interesting um best performance is uh uh what's it patrick wilson he's yeah, in, he's the, in movie the movie for, for one six second seconds. <laughs> best performance of the movie um other than that i just saw very generic nothing too special about it uh some good cool shots in it some good decent you can tell that i don't know it feels like the director wanted to make something a little bit more than mm-hmm. what it was, but then they're like, just let's. We know you can do the jump scares. Just do the jump scares because there's some interesting. They there's they one st- scene that I like. They start up some interesting stuff and then amid, like immediately just devalue <laughs> it with a jump scare. Yeah. Instead of building up the horror, um, 
the and plot is non-existent. Once by you the way. see the main thing that I feel like a lot of these generic horror movies get wrong is once you see <laughs> the evil more than once, it starts every time you see it, it loses value every single Especially time. Especially when it does the same thing it does every the time same it's exact on thing. screen. It screams and then you fly up against the wall. That happens five times in the movie <laughs> to every character. It just happens. There was. <laughs> There's, I don't know. It's weird. I don't know the story of the conjure, so I'm not gonna talk about I the tie-ins or anything. But there was a cool prayer thing. I thought that was interesting. She gets like a pentagram etched into her back. I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. little spook. <laughs> and then uh, they devalue it with a jump scare. I'm just gonna say, wasn't offended by it. Slenderman, that was a disgrace I've ever watched. Unfriended Dark Web, a disgrace. None. Once it was over, it went by quick. It was a quick 1:30. I was in and out in a quick 1:30. I just watched it, said, okay, and then I'll probably never think about it again unless someone brings it up. I think I may have liked it even less than you because I have seen the Conjuring movies, probably. and I like them a lot. In fact, I'm one of the few people that like the second one more than the first one. I know that's an unpopular opinion, but I don't really care. And I like the way the nuns utilized in the first movie, or the second movie. I think there are some of those good sequences, and this movie literally just copies those same when she's going around the room, you see her shadow. That is literally in The Conjuring 2, to a T, the exact same sequence. And I think it was done better in The Conjuring 2. So to me, it was like the, oh, the best part about this movie was something I've already seen in a, in, at, from The Nun in a different movie. And it was just all jump scares. And that bothers me so much. And I think the shitty audience, if you were the person sitting next to me and for some reason you're listening to this podcast, I hope that next time you go to a movie theater, it explodes. <laughs> That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Uh, go ahead and give us a one-star <laughs> review on this podcast. All right. I think we should probably wrap it up on, the, on no, this No, 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 no. I got my t- movies. I, we don't care oh, about yeah, it. Nate, what did you watch? Uh, I, I'm going to end on the one that I want to talk about a little bit more, but I watched Kiki's Delivery Service, another Studio Ghibli Ghibli movie. Still not know how it's pronounced. Ghibli Ghibli Ghibli. Uh, liked it a lot. Not surprising. It's a coming-of-age movie. Great. Knows what he's doing. Going to keep watching them because they're good movies. Finally... The thing that I want to touch on a little bit more, and it shouldn't be for too long, is uh, the hit motion picture event of 2012, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man. Let's touch on it a little bit. Very boring. The thing that I remember most about it is I was like, you know what? At least the Spider-Man stuff is cool. Not true. It's boring. (laughs) It's still boring. Best part is when he's fighting the lizard in the school. That's the best part of the movie. No, it's the basketball scene. That's terrible. The CG on that is awful. And also, how would you not know that he's – there's so many moments in this that they don't even try to hide that he's Spider-Man. Hey, did like you he see legit, our classmate jump 50 feet in the air and It dunk? shattered the backboard. <laughs> also, that was not even capable of playing sports the previous day. Also, when he grabbed a football without looking and threw it and dented a field goal post. He I'll bent it <laughs> with a football. And we're just going to say, no, that's okay. That happens in the movie. I like. Are you the, serious? Yeah, I don't I really remember like that the scene when he's skateboarding in the warehouse, and then he swings and around and playing on some, some pop song, or some folk song or something. I don't know. Boom! Clap I, the sound of my heart. The b- no. What I do like is, it was. Co- I like when he first discovers his power on the subway. Terrible scene. The scene Editing. When he's, the scene when he's in the warehouse. I was okay with it because it's a different. Like he's he's in there. The thing that I didn't understand is he's just going for it. He just jumps and swings on that chain. If he fell, he broke his legs. He's not able to get out of there. He's dying in that warehouse. Um, But, yeah, the worst thing I can say about this movie, it's not offensive. It's just disappointing for me as a Spider-Man fan that it's just boring. Um, Andrew Garfield, sure. I don't know what kind of direction he was given, but it wasn't correct. And then (laughs) Emma Stone's great in everything. So, yeah. 
Um, that's all I have to add. Hopefully, Homecoming was good. Raimi movies were great, except 3 was all right. Would you say Spider-Man 3 is better than The Amazing Spider-Man? I'd say I enjoyed it more. I don't know. Because, like, the thing with The Amazing Spider-Man is I don't think it's not a fa- like there's not scenes in it where i'm like that is the worst thing i've ever seen in spider-man 3 there's yeah some but they're stuff. so bad they're funny you know and yeah. to me that's more fun and i i still think there's a lot of redeeming qualities about three aside think, from those i think scenes. one of the worst story beats in history is when eddie brock goes to the church and prays that god kills peter parker <laughs> please kill him <laughs> like hello <laughs> what kind of bad. person is this that was not i don't know but anyways, I know I I'm agree. interested. Um, hopefully, I just want to see them. I want them to not be afraid to do some stuff with Tom Holland. You know, give him some. Like we haven't seen give him, him swing around. The best, the best swinging was in Infinity War when he's swinging around the city. You see it for like a second. Give me more of that. Mm-hmm. I need, I need more Spider Man. You know, um, I don't want Babysitter Tony, but we don't need to worry Homecoming about that because really Tony's dying in Avengers Four. No, he didn't. He didn't really swing in Homecoming. Yeah, he runs across the golf course and he can't swing. Yeah, but uh, Tony's dying in Avengers Four. I can almost guarantee it. Uh, so we're gonna get a more interesting, no babysitter version of Spider-Man, hopefully, and uh, that's what I look forward to see. I mean, Tom Holland does a great job, and the suit's awesome. Suit so, looks great in the new Spider-Man PS4 video exactly, game. Exactly, because it's just the straight model. Insomniac sponsor us. Insomniac uh, sponsor the game. Uh, so so far, Joe. So far, Joe Rogan. I'll have us on AMC sponsor us and a video game company for a movie podcast. Sponsor us. Sponsor <laughs> us, please. <laughs> Sony sponsor us. Uh, but yeah, um, into the Spider Verse. Have a lot of hope for that. Looks like it could be good. Um, but other than that, um, the best thing that I had from my favorite fictional character of all time, Spider Man, is the game that just came out. But this isn't a game podcast. But hopefully, a movie in the future can capture the essence of Spider Man. I hope. But that's all she wrote for this one, I Let's feel. Wrap it up. It's a little janky podcast, but that's okay. What's wrong? Just a little few sniffles, few cutouts, few edits. No big deal. No big deal. We're we're professionals, and that's how I like to say it. I'm still upset that you guys disagree with me. I still think uh, you said the funniest thing you've said so far this year, and I can't remember what it was. Father, Father Time's undefeated. undefeated. <laughs> that was so funny. Put it on yeah, the Yeah, let's not talk about death like that. Anyway. Father Time's undefeated. Thank you guys <laughs> so much for listening to the Talent Brothers podcast and all the support. I've been your host, Nathan Talon. To my left. I have been your... To my right. Your, your, <laughs> your other host, Tyler Bourne. I like talking about movies. That's the that's, that's <laughs> gone. That's even for the worst outro of the podcast. My, na- my name is Nick Talon. Let's wrap this shit up. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. Adios. That was our best show.